Hi, and welcome to the Delivery Manager Daily Podcast, where I, your host, Mario De Cristofano, will talk to you about life as a delivery manager. We'll talk about strategy, tactics, things to do, not to do, and wrap that up in a way which makes sense. This is a daily series of podcasts which are released across all your favorite podcast software, and there's a video version on YouTube with additional content if you wish. If you want to get in touch, get involved with the podcast, or even be a sponsor, get in touch via Twitter, DM underscore daily, and don't forget to check out the video version of this podcast on YouTube. The Delivery Manager Daily. Hello and welcome to uh, this surprise episode of the Delivery Manager Daily. I wanted to just come on because it's been a hot minute since I've talked about anything delivery and I've kind of got some side things going on around sustainability, the Agile Cube stuff that you'll have heard me talk about a while ago that I'm doing something with. Um, but I wanted to, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm about to start working with some new teams, right? And um I'm just a little bit tired of rolling up to a project and the backlog, man, the backlog. It's just hundreds and hundreds of items and no one's really paying it any attention. They're just there and they've been put there at the start of the project and the project's kind of drifted on. And every day all the engineers come in who hate backlogs, by the way, or badly managed backlogs, to be more precise, I've learnt. And you go through the stand-up kind of notion and, and you don't really pay attention and you just, yeah, I'm doing the same thing and I'm doing this today, the same thing that I did yesterday and tomorrow. And you just go through the motions and you just think, what is the point? And then over the last year, I've done some lean stuff and been on a couple of lean projects where I've implemented and helped implement and been involved with the implementation of lean on software projects. And that's gone really well. And what I've learned is the focus you know, the, the focus on trying to be perfect gets in the way of getting it done. And I, you know, when people say I'm a perfectionist, well, um, hold on, let's let's try again before it all gets a bit ranty. Um, the title of this podcast is Why Backlogs Can Often Suck. And I've been doing some thinking about being super efficient. And as I always do, sort of every three or six months, I look at myself and think, what have I learned? What have I changed about myself? What have I improved and what do I need to uh, work on? Um, so that's what I've been doing. And one of the things that I've learned is that I've become better, a lot better at accepting that not everything's going to be perfect. And just what's right for my kind of what I think and I need mentally for a project like that list, that to do list, that backlog that tries to cover everything, teams don't necessarily need it. And do you know what? Stuff's going to change and not everything's going to get done in the backlog anyway. So you spend so much time kind of maintaining it. What's the point? So I've been doing some thinking about how to apply and throttle up and down, how I apply Agile to teams. And I'm about to start working with some new teams. And I just thought, you know, I'm getting a bit sick of the backlog. So I wanted to write kind of a post about kind of why backlogs, I think, have just become a waterfall plan for a lot of delivery managers. You remember that Gantt chart and the Gantt charts that you see of old, where it gives this false sense of security because you've got everything in you possibly can think of kind of planned on a page they're normally printed out AO and the project managers and product managers kind of stand and look at it and feel really proud of themselves but it's just not set in reality at all now in agile we work away from that right small increments no surprises you know being constantly ready to adapt and change but we now create these huge backlogs, huge, huge backlogs that whenever I turn up to a project, you spend more time trying to kind of synthesize them and recompose them than you do actually doing stuff. And it just surprises me. And I found it quite 
enlightening to just look at the last few kind of years that I've worked on and how many times the backlog's just been worthless. So what I wanted to do was just really walk through in my head. I think my approach for kind of my next few projects and has been my approach for some time, but just weaponizing it a little bit more. Um, I do think that a nicely crafted backlog is a really good thing. And obviously, you know, if you're looking at Scrum and, and doing Agile in quotes right, you know, a good backlog can be a good thing. But what I've learned is it doesn't have to contain everything. And in my last few projects where we've just focused on outcomes and value, the backlog's kind of paid a, a kind of a secondary glance. We need robustness and rigor and stuff documented, and we need to help the engineering teams get stuff done. And we need some reporting and metrics too, but I think that's down on the product owner or the delivery manager uh, as much as anything else. What I am tired of is rolling up into projects and there just being three, 400 product backlog items that no one really knows what they were, they're aged, no one understands them, but no one wants to get rid of them. And seniors and stakeholders, well, don't get rid of them because we, we might need them, but yeah, no one's using them and it's just creating e-waste. And I was thinking, you know, I've done a, a lunch and learn uh, where I work um, about lean and I'm, I'm really, really into efficiency, efficiency in how I run myself, my time, getting the best out of me, the projects that I work in. And one of the one of the things that, that the analogy that, that I've thought about is if you, you know, thinking about kind of lean from its traditional kind of manufacturing uh, roots, um, you can see physical waste in a factory, raw materials that aren't used or cars that have been built, for example, that aren't sold and are just sitting in warehouses, for example. You would see that and you would change what you were doing because you could physically see it. The thing with projects and, and managing digital services and products is you can create infinite amounts of waste and, and it's just so easy to create, so easy to create. And it just amasses and amasses. And it's the same waste, it's just in a different format. And because you can't always see it, teams get lost and hemorrhage time in trying to pick apart these backlogs that are just useless. So I'm not suggesting as an agile person get rid of the backlog. What I'm saying is that it may be worth, if you're a delivery manager or a project manager, thinking about, actually, are you building a backlog that's trying to encompass everything for your own sanity or for the benefit of the team. Because let's remember, whether you're a scrum master, delivery manager, project manager, whatever you want to call yourself, um, you need to be doing things that release value. So as a delivery manager, I try and do everything to give value to the team. So the team can add value to the thing that they're doing, right? And that's that's the thing, that's the aim. You can use the, you know, unblocking impediments and, and from the textbook, et cetera, et cetera. But all I think about is what can I do to make the team's life easier? And I think sometimes I've been guilty of just creating monster, complicated backlogs. And yeah, they're all investable PBIs and, and I've, I've used deep and and if you read the blog post on mariosblog.co.uk, you'll you'll know what investable and deep are. Hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, but if you don't, go onto the website, read the blog post, and I've done some links to what those are. Um, and I've stood back and thought that's a good backlog, and then immediately it's thrown into disarray at the first change and I've had a bit of a kind of oh, I put a lot of work into that but it's not me that's important it's the team building the thing doing the thing releasing the service and I just I'm just a vessel right or a good delivery manager or a good project manager is literally just a vessel so I've thought about that really long and hard over the last few well couple of years at least I think and I've got 
I think, a lot better in understanding when to apply, uh, you know, a deep, not the deep, but a big <laughs> backlog, and when just projecting into the next couple of weeks, two or three weeks, is, is good enough. Teams still really struggle, and I've talked about this in another episode. Teams, both on the one hand, don't want to have a noose around their neck with a backlog, but they also want to be told what to do a lot of the time. Because it's easier to proportion blame and uh, absolve yourself of accountability if the backlog's crap or the delivery manager's crap. And it just, you know, humans by their very nature behave like that. But if you give people the opportunity to take ownership and work together and, and kind of just think about what are the most immediate things we need to do to get the the next important thing, um, I think that makes for a really powerful backlog. But it's all, almost an exercise in restraint, right, which we often aren't good at. If you think about the backlog, you know, the more tasks you've got, the more time you will stand spend processing that that cycle time is going to increase so you better believe that those tasks should be relevant if they're not then they don't belong in the backlog maybe they belong in a high level plan for example but do they really need to be in the day-to-day -day backlog so again if you go onto the the website mariasblog.co.uk you'll see i've done some of my sketches and actually i've looked there's a really good website a guy called lucas f costa actually and i've just kind of fell upon him and he talks about why backlogs are useless and, and he actually does a number of other good uh, blog posts actually. So you should go and Google Lucas F. Costa uh, and he's got, he, I think he's an engineer actually, he's got some really interesting and, and I agree wholeheartedly with some of the blog posts that he's, he's written. So go and check him out. But I wanted to kind of just think, well, what, what am I going to do as a delivery manager then to kind of my commitment to my craft and to my teams and to my projects? And to my employers, what am I going to do to kind of be the best delivery manager I can be? And this is with Agile in mind, right? Because I think Agile is... I'm a bit tired of talking about it. I think that's why I've stopped doing these podcasts to some degree. Because it's like, well, we've done it. How many more times do you want to hear someone at a meetup, at a regional event, talk about story points? We know that clients and organisations still need the help and advice and counsel. But technical teams kind of get this stuff right and I want to do stuff that makes like people excited and, and say things that resonate with people and, and get people to want uh, to do valuable stuff so I've thought about what am I going to do to kind of manage my backlogs in the future and these are the, some of the things that I've thought about so I'm going to start making my backlogs quite short and I'm only going to start planning out maybe two to three weeks no more in advance, regardless of the complexity of the project. Anything else to appease stakeholders or the business or the contract milestones I'm going to do in some form of high-level plan. I am guilty because I can work quickly and I try and be organised of taking everything and putting it into the backlog. And, and I've derailed teams doing that, right? So a recent example is building a, a software uh, platform and following a, in quotes, framework accelerator and putting in those kind of spines of tasks, thinking that I was creating a good starting point, and actually all it does is confuse the team. People and teams need to co-author these product backlog items so they make sense, done in agreement with consensus. It makes them more powerful tasks that people can take accountability for. And I'd rather have fewer PBIs in the backlog that are valuable and meaningful, and you come back to it in each stand-up and it makes sense, rather than you're kind of a bit embarrassed to go, well, I wrote that yesterday and I don't quite know what it means. So I'm going to start making sure that my backlogs are no more than two or kind of three weeks in advance, if that. 
And I want it to be coherent. So all those things I've just said about getting the team to co-author. I'm really thinking about why does this product backlog item exist? It's so easy sometimes. And again, I fall into the trap of doing it myself, of putting stuff in that makes sense to me, but not necessarily will make sense to the team. And that just does away with the importance and the value of a backlog. I'm taking that value away by just creating to-do lists for my own kind of sort of sanity. That's not how you should use a backlog, I've learned, and I'm not going to do that. So making it coherent to make sure that the tasks in the backlog make sense and you can come to them and see a rough kind of story of what it is you're trying to do. I also want to make sure that the backlog reflects reality, that tasks aren't scary and all the kind of good hygiene practices that you would expect from an agile scrum master. So making sure that tasks are broken down and the abstractions, right? There's not too much detail in the backlog and none in the plan or vice versa. You've kind of got that abstraction of detail correct. Um, making sure that, you know, the ticket's well understood. So you're not increasing cycle time by because it takes so long to understand and process a ticket. Um and it's my job to stay on top of that. And I do try and, and do that heavy lifting for the teams. And I've, I, I do that pretty, pretty religiously. Um, but one of my frustrations is getting teams to take accountability for their tickets. And it's like, well, if I've written it in, not in isolation, because I try and not do that. But I do try and sort of go quickly at the start. Because broadly speaking, I have enough knowledge to be able to do something that's reasonably sensible. And it's an exercise of constraint on my part to just slow down a bit and make sure that that backlog is co-authored and formed by that small team to make sure that it makes sense. And of course, I'm going to do all the kind of making sure it follows the invest and, and deep principles. And again, just a reminder, go to the blog uh, if you want to find out what they are. Um, but I want to serve up to the team something that makes sense. And I think if we do it together, that makes for a more powerful backlog. Um, there are other things that I've been thinking about, you know, in terms of lean and, and actually just, you know, whether you're using Kanban or, or a fully sort of detailed backlog, I just think breaking it down into its most simple terms, earnest teams, just what is it we're trying to do? How are we going to do it? What are the risks? And then let's just move to a point of MVP and check and then do that again. And I think as human beings, that's all you can do. I think I'm becoming a little bit um, jaded. We've been so enthused about kind of um, sort of the textbook agile. You get excited on a greenfield project and you set your backlog up and you do your, your raid log and you get all your, your backlog software, whether you're using Jira or Azure DevOps or something else, monday.com for example. I do like monday.com, that's for another conversation another time. Um, or Microsoft Project. Um, and you get everything just right as a delivery manager. You get all your comms in place. And, and when I employ uh, delivery managers and interview and, and, and get them working in our teams, you want them to be able to do that. You want them to be able to very quickly kind of put all that rigor and robustness and framework in quote safety in place. But it doesn't always have a valuable effect on the engineering team that are doing the thing. And I've always been proud of how much I think about the people in the team rather than myself, especially engineers. And I didn't always used to do that at the start of my career. And I've done various talks about where I've got that wrong in the past. But but actually anything that you can do to decrease the cognitive load on a software engineer or someone technical in your team, I think is a really good thing. And that is what makes a good delivery person. So my commitment to 2023 is being better at 
creating backlogs. So it'd be really interesting to see what you think and and maybe, you know, your horror stories of backlogs or maybe you're just doing it all right and maybe you just kind of, all your backlogs are estimated and you're following the scrum guide perfectly and life's a dream, rainbow glitters, the full nine yards. Or maybe, you know, as with my experience, you know, you rock up to a project and there's 300 items in a backlog and no one really knows what they are. But you're told you can't, in quotes, throw the baby out with the bathwater. You've got to kind of keep those tickets there. And it's like, well, what for? What value do they have? Just get rid of them and start again. So I'll finish with an anecdote on that subject of backlogs. So I recently were involved in a, a group, a community of people. And this backlog was created by, we'll say that this person was a delivery person. All right. And it was just a glorified to-do list. It was just fluff. It was just for the sake of doing it to show that you were doing it. No one was invested in these tickets. No one was taking any of the tickets from the left to the right. They were just being used as little boxes to put stuff in to talk through in the next meeting. And this went on for months. Um, This particular delivery person moved away from the group and I was asked to step in and just kind of tidy stuff up. And the first thing I did was... I did a quick look of all the tickets. They were all aged. I knew being in the group that they weren't particularly used. So I got rid of them all. And crikey O'Reilly, everyone panicked that sense of that stuff that I didn't use, but I felt kind of safe because it was there and I could refer to it. (gasps) It's gone. What am I going to do? And there was a little bit of, you know, can you get those tickets back or can you bring this content back? And I said, well, why? Well, we were each week not looking at the tickets, not doing anything with them and not moving them from left to right. So what was the purpose of their existence other than creating waste? And lo and behold, two or three weeks later, those tickets have been forgotten about. So the value uh, and the valuable lesson I learned there was, you know, it was kind of reaffirming my thoughts on sometimes the contents of a backlog can just be garbage. Right. And you've really got to know as a good delivery person when that's the case and not. And in that case, I did the right thing by just getting rid of everything and starting again. It also puts focus on people. Right. To take accountability again, coming right back to the start of this podcast. It's very easy to blame a bad delivery person or a bad backlog. But when everything is shared accountability, then the onus is on everyone in the team. So 2023 is all about the backlog. Thanks for listening. Join the conversation on Twitter at Mario DC. Bit of a quick one, but I did want to get that uh, off my chest as I'm about to start working with some new teams. And more news on that and other things very soon. Uh, listen to the Delivery Manager Daily on Spotify and go to carbonagile.com and listen to the Carbon Agile podcast. Uh, I've just done an advert for that and the first episode's going to come out in the next couple of weeks talking about sustainability in Agile teams. I just want to take this opportunity to let you know that I do have a small web and app company that I run on the side to my day-to-day job. I build websites, small applications, and you can get in touch with me if you want a website built, maybe you want to start a new business or a side hustle, or you need to talk to someone for some advice and not sure where to go. Get in touch with me at creativepixel.me.uk, quote the podcast, DM daily, you'll get a 10% discount on any work that you uh, have done with me. So check it out.